to another episode of Lend Me Your Ears. Two weeks in a row, we have two very special guests. I am still recording this in Rochester, New York, and I am sitting here with Mr. Steve Scally. Hi, Steve. How you doing, John? Fantastic. We just finished uh, four days of teaching the uh, CSIA National Chimney Sweep School on the road. Yeah, we did. It was a really good time to be here with you. Um, it was a really good time being with Anthony and all his crew. Had a very good time this week. Uh, we certified, you know, seven out of the eight um, employees that he had. These guys were really into this from start to finish. One of the guys showed up here at 6 o'clock this morning to sit <laughs> here and study. It was just an amazing, amazing time. Oh, it was so much fun. This is the second time we've done this on the road, which is something the CSI is trying to do, but we seem to be the uh, the pioneers of going out there and <laughs> yeah, it does. kind of make it up as we go along, but this has been fun. Um, it's it's an honor to have you on this podcast because I've talked a lot about you, mm. um, most of it to my detriment. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and, I'm going to disagree with you because it was, uh, for me, when, when, when you talk about that story that you're going to bring up, it's just, um, it's the start of your education. It's, it's where you started. Yeah. And it, for those that have heard this story before, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep telling it forever. And for those who haven't, it's a great story. <laughs> but I worked for somebody else for five years. He was self-taught. I took a, a, uh, review for the CSIA exam in a hotel and passed it with a 72 out of when you're supposed to get a 70 and called myself certified and yep. thought I knew everything, ended up going out to start my own business. And the, one of the first liners that I ever put in as Caesar Chimney Service, I thought I was doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> I went out to the guy's house, great guy, and he had a, a, a wood stove in the basement going through a rectangle flue and the flue was glazed up with creosote, tiles are cracked everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I know how to fix this. Let's just drop a liner in. Mm. not just drop it but we field ovalized it and then it took a six field ovalized it to a five so it fit slid it down inside didn't break any tiles didn't remove any creosote because no one had ever showed me how put a top on it and called it a day fast forward maybe a year and i'm scrolling through facebook and i see pictures from someone in one of the forums and i recognize the house so i click into it and the picture that caught my eye was the liner that i had put in this house was pulled out, was laying on the ground, and the homeowner's dog, that I remember, the dog yeah. was friendly, he was licking me. <laughs> Great dog. He was awesome. He's peeing on my liner. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> so I read the caption. It's from this guy named Stephen Scally, and I'm like, who's that? But evidently he knew me. And the words you used was hack. Absolutely. And I was like, ouch, that hurts. But I'm looking over it and I'm going, what? I, I literally in the moment had no idea what I did wrong because that's, I, I did the same I had done for years. And my first gut inclination was I need to reach out. And I sent you a Facebook message and I said, hi, I'm John Caesar. And what did I do wrong? Yeah. And that was, uh, for me, that particular moment was, uh, an eye opener because what happens in that moment, and I'll tell you a little background to that story is when John was actually out to this house, he actually had an asphalt roof on a 12 pitch. I had a metal roof on a 12 pitch and I've been in the industry now for 43 years. So I got this liner that's down in this chimney. I'm going to put it out there and I'm up on the roof and I see the dog lift the leg. <laughs> there's three of us on the, there's two of us on the roof and both of us took a picture of this just to try to get the best picture possible. And I immediately from the roof put it on Facebook and said, yeah, we got another hack in the area. And you know what? The thing is, is when John called me, you know, the first thing I said to myself, well, here's a guy who wants to get better. 
I go, and that's really what it was all about for me. So when I answered the question, I said, how much time do you got, John? <laughs> and that's really what it was all about to me. And in that point, what we did is we actually, I went, I went to his place. I went to his place of business. We sat down, you know, we, we had, you know, um, tonic and I had a cigar and we started talking about business and what we do right, what we do wrong, what needs to happen, what needs to change. And what was really cool about John at the time, he had two or three employees and, he decided at that point that he was going to change everything he was doing. And that was awesome. Yeah. I remember that because at the time, the word certified meant a lot. I was like, you know, I'm certified. I know what I'm doing. I passed that test. And that's one of the reasons that I am so adamant about that when I talk about that is there's, there's guys out there, there's companies that pass a test and they think that they're experts. We told the guys this week, Anthony's guys were like, listen, you're going to pass this test. It's going to teach you how to sweep and inspect, mm -hmm. not put liners, not rebuild, not do anything major. This is the, the, the base level of it. But at the time I passed the test, I thought I was Superman. I thought I, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing it for years. That, that good old, you know, I've been doing it this way forever. So this is the right way. And I remember saying that to you in the message when I was talking to you. I said, well, I'm, I'm certified and you still get more. You need more education. And I'm like, oh, cause that was the other thing. I passed that test in a hotel room. I thought that was it. You know, that was all I knew was we got the badge. It's on the van. It's on the cards. I got it on my, my, my lapel. There's nothing else. I never got any further education after that. Yeah. And that was a really good thing. And then I said, you really don't know that there's more out there. And I'll give you another little thing uh, about me is, you know, we all have gone through exactly what you, what you're saying, John. You know, when I was a lot younger in my career, you know, I got the certification. You know, I got it. I was certified in 1981 and we went along and we thought we were the best. <laughs> I, you know, we absolutely the best in our area. Um, nobody could hold a candle to us. Nothing. We were knocking it out of the park and, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, we get nailed and we get hit pretty good and we realized that we needed to learn something. We, 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 we dropped the ball, mm -hmm. you know, and we're like, okay, so we need to get back on the stick. That happens if somebody's in the industry long enough. It's going to happen to you two or three times. It happened to me two or three times, you know, where I thought I was the best again, and I realized I wasn't. And that's really what drove me to really get involved with education and wanting to get as much education as I can and learn to be, like, with the best of the inspections. And another story that I got for you about inspections, this is really kind of cool, I was in an elevator with Bill Ryan, and everybody knows who Bill Ryan is. Billy Stacks. Billy Stacks. And at first, Billy Stacks and I did not like each other because it was nine, it was 2020 or 2021, and we're in this elevator at convention, and he's taking this seriously, this, this level of inspection. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. You're, yeah. So, you know, you're blowing it, it up. It just came out, right? It just came out, but he was taking it dead. And he, aggra he, he aggravated a lot of people. Both <laughs> Billy and I at that time were very strong individuals and we did not hit it off exactly that well. No way. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a learning for the both of us because we were both at that point where we thought we knew everything. And he actually took it and says, no, I'm going to learn more. That was cool. Yeah. And there's, there's so much more to learn, which blew my mind. Cause like I said, passed the one test, thought I was Superman. After talking to you, the, the following weeks and months, even I started looking back on the jobs that I had done for another company and the jobs that I had done in the year after that job I had done mm. that probably weren't right. Definitely weren't right. And I'm looking back going, what do I do? How do I make this right? How do I fix it going forward? And 
I started sitting and, and actually doing more research than I had before and realizing that a lot of the work we did wasn't right. Yeah. So I, it just happened to be, it was very fortuitous that there was a CSIA training happening in Manchester, New Hampshire that following April. So I shut the company down. The only time in Caesar Chimney history that the whole company shut down, even my office manager, Jill, the two technicians that I had at the time, we went to this week-long training. I'll never forget. Because, you know, when you run a company, you're, especially a young company, you're the be-all, end-all. you got to have that ego of, I have it all together. You're following me. Do what I do. And I had to act like I had it all together. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting in this training, and the instructor would say things like, now, you never want to ever do this. And my two technicians were sitting in front of me. They would both turn around and they'd be like, but, but we do that. And I'm like, shut up, shut up, don't say that. Yeah. And he's like, well, you always have to do this on every install. And they turn around and they're like, we never do that. I'm like, will you shut up? <laughs> and on the, the, the breaks, we would talk about it. And at, at night, we'd talk about it. And it, it redefined everything. Yep. That's the biggest thing that I have is with something as important as industry certification. It's not just the certification, the education. It's very hard to self-teach. You can read a manual. You can read a code book. You can watch YouTube videos. Eh, that's kind of dicey. But when you self-teach yourself, you're going to read things through your own lens. You're yes. Gonna, you're going to read what you want to read. That's right. So I knew enough to get by. I knew enough to pass the test. But education is so much different than certification. Bingo. Passing a test gets you a badge, which is great. Education, when I actually sat and was taught by somebody else, and they were... They weren't giving it to me through my lens. They were giving it to me through the industry's lens. That's right. And hearing the right way to do it and hearing the, the words pronounced the right way, just everything. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, I'm going, oh, that's what that meant. And it took on a whole new life. And it, I understood it. And my technicians understood it. We were learning at the same level at the same time, whether they'd worked for me for a year or not, or they were in for a, a day in the industry. I felt like a kid again, like a, like an, a chimney kid. And I'm like, I've been doing this wrong forever. That kickstarted my journey through education that will never end. Yeah, I kind of remember. I think the class was uh, Mike Sergistrom and Bill Ryan, and it was a level of inspection back then. I believe that's what it was because I also went to one of those. I don't know if it was the one that you were in, but I also went to one of those because I always go to find out what little things that I missed. And and when I say continue education, get it all Keep going to it and keep going to even the, some of the same classes because the classes get changed. Okay. And the wording gets changed and the, and the codes change and all of the different things go along the way and they change. So it's really important to continue this education. I also remember this, uh, past year, um, uh, a couple of years actually, we were going through all this COVID stuff and, um, the CSIA and the NCSG were doing these things on, online on Zoom to try to get people to understand all the different stuff. And Mark Stoner was talking about something and he did this class through Zoom. And I must have heard Mark Stoner talk 10 to 15 times about a very, the same subject. And it finally clicked of uh, what he said. And I went, Oh, that's what I need to do <laughs> finally. And this is why I say education is so important. Keep going, keep going. It's not just so you get it. So you get more. I've been at this for 43 years, and I still go to classes. I still go to Mike and Bill's class. I still go to any class that I can get that I can learn something. Um, I go to the inspection classes. I want to know. I want to know what's going on. And the business classes that you can go through the CSIA with the, the, the business sympor uh, symposiums. 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 you got, a, you know what, eight, ten people in a room that have business minds. The, the amount of information that you get in this is, is phenomenal. 
You know, so I, I, I implore people to keep doing this because for a while there, when I was going through some of the things in my personal life that really kind of rocked me for a while, I stopped and I kind of like, I lost a lot of years of my life. And when I finally got back on the bus again, I went, okay, now I want to go teach this. I got so much inside of me that I can teach to people and I learned how to teach along the way because learning how to teach is different than just knowing your material. Some people are teachers and some people aren't. And I learned that I can teach and I learned that I learned how to listen and I learned how to uh, enunciate to people in the proper language. There's a lot of learnings along the way that I did this through a lot of difficult times in my own business life, in my own personal life that I was going through. And it just, it turned my whole ship around. When I met, um, it was in, uh, I believe Jerry Eisenhower and Hope Stevenson had a class down in I don't know, Sturbridge or something, some down there. And I was down there. Uh, Angelo was in that class. I remember it clearly. It's the first time I met Angelo. And I'm sitting in this class, and all of a sudden they brought up the the mixed groups. I went, I need something to kickstart my life again because I knew I was in a rut. And I joined a mixed group, and I had some of the, I think I had some of the greatest mixed group people that taught me a tremendous amount about learning more, about going deeper. And it's not just about the stuff in the business. It's about the little things that you do in your business. It's about the way you inspect. It's about the way you do this. And that's kind of one of all, it's one of my pet peeves right now is inspections <laughs> and these inspection reports. Um, and I can just go on and on and on about that. Well, we're going to get to that for sure. You mentioned something there about learning when you teach. And it's funny, every, we've taught this now, what, four or five times this, this chimney CSI I think school? This is, I think this is the third one we've done and we've done two of them. Yeah. Well, actually, no, you and I and Tommy Nelms, we did the first one in Indianapolis when we were together. Yep. And that's when we first really clicked together. Yeah. This is the third time we've done it together and I've done a handful more. So maybe half a dozen times I've taught this same material and every time I teach it, I learn something new, which is, it's humbling as a business owner. I teach it and I'll, I'll, I'll just say it. I'll read the words off the screen or I'll read it out of the manual and I'll teach it. And it's, it's, it's second nature to repeat the words, but it's the why. What exactly does that mean? What am I saying? Why am I teaching it? Why should they learn it? And every time I teach it, the why jumps out at me at a different time. And you mentioned Bill and Mike. I've been to Bill and Mike's classes. I think every year for the last six years, I've been to at least one of them. And sometimes it's the same class and I'm like, oh, you know, my guys will be going to it and I'll just sit down on it with them. And I'm like, oh, I've heard this one before. This is a really good one. And I learned something new. They're saying the same thing they said the year prior or the six months prior. And I'll hear it, but I'll be in a different place or the company will be in a different place. And it will click. Like you said, all of a sudden it's now, oh, right. And I heard it before. And last week with Anthony, I was talking about, or he was talking about when you listen to a podcast or a YouTube video, you retain a portion of it. Depending where you are at the time you're listening to something, you're going to retain a certain portion of it. You listen to it again, you'll hear the same words, but it clicks. And you mentioned the symposium, same thing. I sat through the symposium in uh, uh, Washington this past year, and I was one of the uh, instructors there, and I was teaching, and I was sitting through listening to a class I had heard before. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard this one before, but my company was a different size now. I listened to it, and something that when I heard it the first time, I was like, oh, that's, that's beyond me. I'm, you know, that, that doesn't apply to me. All of a sudden it did. And I'm going, I am so glad I sat through this class now 
because it meant something different now. And educate it's education is funny. No matter how many times you hear something, you won't hear it until you're ready or until you actually invest in it. And what I'm starting to learn is the why behind things. You brought up the inspections too. We talked about that this week. I'm in a different place in my company now where I have leads that have been doing it for a while. After you've done the same thing for a while, you've seen chimneys, you've seen wood stoves, you've seen flues and lighters and given hundreds of estimates, you get kind of complacent. All of a sudden, you start to miss things on the inspection. You start to not take the measurements every single time. You just start to miss little things because you get complacent in it. Exactly. The why, I've realized, matters so much more than the what. I can tell somebody, you have to measure the hearth extension every single time. And they will because they're told to and they take the pictures and the measurement and they put it in the report. Why are you measuring that? What is the importance of that measurement? Or this, like a, the the damper height, something that's easily missed. You know, we, we take a measurement, oh, it doesn't meet it, and you move on. But why is that important to get in your inspection reports? Well, here's the thing about all of the inspection reports. Before I get into that, I want to go back to something else that you said just prior to all that about the relearning. And what's interesting about the learning when you're ready is sometimes you're just not ready to hear it. And sometimes you're not in a place where you can hear it. Um, I know for a lot of years, uh, for a lot of personal reasons that I had going on, I wasn't in a place where I could hear it. Okay, so now I grew out of that and I started coming out and I actually opened up and I learned how to listen. And I learned how to listen without being judgmental to something. That was huge because we have to get to a place in our lives where we're not going to look, oh, I don't need that. We can't do that. Okay, in our industry, we're dealing with fire. We have to get to a place, okay, where we can be open to all possibilities. Even if you think you've heard it before, you have to hear it from a brand new first time. Got to do it. And, and I, and I can't tell you how much I've learned by doing that. Like you said, you know, we go teach these classes. The instructors learn as much as the students do, if not more. Oh, and I, yeah. and I've teach, I teach a lot of classes uh, for a lot of different places, not just in the chimney industry. I teach self-empowerment classes on top of that. And the amazing part is every time we teach, no matter what it is you're teaching, it's, am, it's, it's amazing seeing the transformation, seeing the light bulb go off, and they get it. Like this week here in Four Winds Chimney, seeing the light bulbs go off on all of these guys – Click here, click there. It was an amazing transformation. These guys got a tremendous amount of information, and we got a gift. We got the gift. Yeah, they got certified. We got the gift. And that's that's the thing, because what I've also learned is, you know, it, it's not about you. It's for you. This has been for us as much as it's for them. You know, and I've learned these things along the way. So, you know, going back to another subject which we touched up was the inspections. And I totally agree with you about this. And, uh, and I'm, and I'm subject to the same problem because after 43 years, we devised up these sheets. I use, I use Fluent Hearth Notes. Okay. You use Service Titan. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you devised it up so all you guys can use it and work with it and do all the different things to get all the different things you need. Okay. Mine are the same thing. I devised up a way that my guys go and inspect and they do all the different things. I am the worst one in my company at this because I, I don't look at it with new eyes every time. Mm-hmm. And this is so important that we need to be able to do in this industry. If you've been at it for a year, if you've been at it five years, 10 years, 20, I don't care. You need to really step back and look at things as it's brand new and you know nothing except you might be certified. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is we really need to hone back on it. 
my, my, uh, I have, I have guys, they, they follow your lead. You're the business owner. They're going to watch what you do and how you do it. So if I'm doing it, they're going to get away with it too. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, and that's the thing. And so how do you, you know, how do you come down on an employee that is not doing everything they need to do when you're doing the same thing? So it basically comes back to me. I take full ownership of it and I'll go like, okay, we need to retrain. I think, you know, when we do something like this, we put these, uh, lack of a better word, SOPs forward, we need to be, be able to do these every three or four months just to reiterate the why. Mm-hmm. The why are you doing this? Why are you getting this measurement of your hearth extension? Why are you getting a firebox measurement? Why are you getting a throat measurement? Why are you getting a damper frame measurement? Why are you doing all of these things? Let them know the why and the importance of it. People are lighting fires in their houses and they're trusting you, the chimney sweep, and the, oh, sorry, the certified chimney sweep to go in the house, okay, and explain to them what's going on in their system, good, bad, or indifferent. And they're trusting you. The word certified and people throw it around like it, it's, it is important, but they use it as kind of a weapon. I'm certified or they name their company after it. The certification, the education only goes as far as you'll allow it to go. And if you're not using it for the, the good of your customers, that's not what it's for. It's not a marketing ploy. It's not for, you know, just putting badges on trucks. That shows how much you have educated yourself. That was the whole importance behind the specialist was the sweep was around for a very long time. It was the, the, the pinnacle of certification. And then you wait a while, you get mastered. And I'm going, there's got to be something that shows you've done more than pass one test. And that's what the, the specialist is. You got all these different classes to take where you can go into relining and masonry and inspections and diagnosing and you get more. But the idea behind that is learning more. It's not about the badge. It's not about getting a, ne- a different circle on your sleeve or your car or your van. It's about you're learning more about this industry. And you hit it on the head. We are putting fire in people's living rooms and we're allowing toxic gases to run by bedrooms. When you start with that, right? And you mentioned the why, we, or we're talking about the why. Uh, one of my favorite books is by Simon Sinek. He talks about start with why. And he has what he calls the golden circle. And in the middle of the circle is why. And then the outer ring around that is the how. And the outer ring around that is the what. And he talks about so many people in advertising and marketing and in trades. We start with the what. Because that's what we know. We know we need a liner, right? That's something that's so basic in this industry. You need a liner in your chimney. We we get off on, uh, you need to have 316 stainless steel, lifetime warranty, one continuous piece, half-inch insulation. We get off on the specs of it. We're like, okay. And we throw that at the homeowner and we're used to it. We, we learn it. We know the code. You need a liner. But if you, if you drill down into that, it's the what and it's the how, which is important, but then the why. Why do you need a liner? And when I talk to a homeowner, I talk to my employees, the why is what's important there. Containment. You need to contain those gases. We're talking about fire and smoke and toxic gases, carbon monoxide. Yes, you need a liner, but the specs don't matter as much to a homeowner as why do you need it? The contain the gases. You have toxic gases running by your bedroom. You have smoke that can cause creosote. The liner contains that. Right now, your liner can't contain it. Then you work backwards from there. The how. You talk about how you're going to get it in because that's it might be the thousandth liner we've put in. It's second nature to us, but for the homeowner, it's the first time they've ever seen this before. <laughs> yep. They're like, how? We, and they'll say that to me once in a while. The homeowner gets this kind of glazed over look. And they're like, how are you going to get that in there? Like, it, it doesn't fit. And I'm like, you're right. We've got to take the tiles out. And that could end right there. Take the tiles out. It's something else. We're going to remove the tiles and it's going to be this much money. And here's the estimate. 
How are you going to do that? And the why, because the liner's not going to fit. The liner needs to stay round. <laughs> As I learned from my dog pee liner, you can't just <laughs> go out in the driveway with a two by four and make it fit. That's not UL listed. So the why, we have to remove it because it doesn't fit. And the how, describe to them all of the, the details that matter to them. You're in their home making a mess and using this, what I call a medieval uh, torture device that's <laughs> yeah, going to be is. shaking the pictures on their walls. Like make it real for them. And we just get complacent we do it so often we say the same things we might be in three four houses a day saying the same things it gets old we have to remember one why we're doing it two why it needs to be done and then explain to the homeowner the why and don't get caught up in the what well, see, and I and, and I have a, an agreement and a disagreement all at the same time. I love this conversation. <laughs> well, because I come from a psychological background on this, and psychology has a lot to do with the who, what, when, where, why. Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with it because the who, what, when, where keeps you in a place of your heart, and that appliance that they're using is a heart connection. Okay, straight up. They want it because they love it, and it, it connects to them for whatever reason. The why connects to the money and the dollars and the cents. Okay. They want to know why they're spending these umpteen billion dollars. Mm-hmm. That's where the why comes in. So how you get there and how you do it is up to you. If you can do the who, what, where, when, how, and then why, again, you got to follow all the logic of it. The, when you're connecting an appliance, that's something that's in their house, whether it's the fireplace or whatever it is. I don't want to be sitting there talking about the value of the fireplace, you know, and all the money and all that, that, that's not really what the issue is. The issue for them is they use their fireplace. They love this thing, which is the heart connection. Okay. Which tells you, you need to be doing psychologically of how this works. I've been doing psychology work probably for about 15 years and this really helped me elevate my business when I started doing all this, learning how to listen to the client, what connected to them to their heart, and how to talk to them in that sense, making sure that I listened to everything that they did and everything that they said, because it's important to them. They're connecting to their heart. If you can connect to their heart, the wallet is easy. I hate saying it that way because it's not about money. It's all about you know getting the products of combustion to uh, exit properly and safely and i don't like using that word but that's what the end of the day is it is okay we got to get all the products of combustions out there and they can use their appliance because that's the first question that person's going to ask can i use it safely mm-hmm. and i go like okay the products of combustions will definitely work here you know <laughs> everything will get out the flu gases will exhaust everything is put in to meet the manufacturer's specifications which means nothing to them so yes the appliance will work it's simple. You keep it simple. But I thought of something else while you were talking earlier. And here's something they don't know about John Caesar. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it just it just occurred to me because I go back to that story, and I don't think anybody knows this. But here it is, okay? It's the middle of uh, February, beginning of March, and there's a convention down in Kentucky. John finds out there's a convention, okay? John doesn't have airline tickets, John goes, okay, we're driving through two snowstorms from <laughs> Manchester, New Hampshire to Kentucky so I can go get all this education Steve Scally's talking about because here's this convention where everybody's going to be at. And he came down and he ate it up. And he walked out of there and he made his company a better place. From that moment forward, he chose to get educated. So kudos to you. <laughs> Thank you. A little bit of uh, change to that story, which makes it a little bit better, I think, is we did have airline tickets. I remember hearing about it. I was like, we need to go to this thing. 
And I had never, first of all, I had never heard of a convention. The company I worked for didn't do a lot of socializing. I guess you could put it like, <laughs> I, we knew there were other chimney companies in our area. We didn't talk to them. They would once in a while call for help. And the guy I worked for would kind of just can't push him away. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. We don't, we don't deal with outsiders. It was a weird place to be. And he used to say to me, we, we can't be sharing our secrets. We can't be letting everybody in. Huh? <laughs> I know. I'm like, what secrets? We're all doing the same thing. I mean, are we doing something different than everybody else? Turns out we were. I found that the hard way. But I didn't know that there were such things as conventions or expos or trainings that were being hosted. But your hard way was only once. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I found out about this convention. I'm like, we need to go to this. There's going to be a, like Steve Scally's talking about education. There's a ton of education. Let's go. We bought the tickets. There was two snowstorms coming in. One was coming in from the west to the east and one was coming in from the south to the north. And they were going to merge over New England. Oh, by the way, just so you know, every time there's a convention, there's a snowstorm on the East Coast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the worst. And I'm watching it. We're like, oh, no. So we ended up, they gave us the option to move our flights up. We moved them up. We thought that was going to help. And then they ended up canceling that flight altogether. The storm was that bad. And we had a decision to make. We're like, is this this important to us? The airline already gave me the money back on the flights. Canceled everything, weather-related, not flying. And I'm like, we're going. So we looked it up. It was 15-hour drive from New Hampshire to Kentucky. And I'm like, we can do that. And we rent, we, we rented an expedition, big, massive vehicle. And I remember like, right. seeing you when you walked in. <laughs> it was like, all right, let's rent this bus. We got everything in the back of it and we started driving. This is one of the funniest stories that I forget about. I don't think I've ever told this on the air. We're driving and I have a screenshot somewhere in my phone where I was looking at the weather. We were in Pennsylvania. I 80, is it? 90? I think, yeah, it might be I-80 that cuts across, yeah. It goes all the way across. It's yep. forever. Pennsylvania is so much bigger than you think it is. Yes, it is. When you drive end-to-end, for I sure. Like 300 and some odd miles. Oh, we're in the middle of Pennsylvania, I-80, and the storm hits. Both storms hit. <laughs> and I'm looking at the weather app on my phone, and it shows both storms converged over the top of us. And I took a screenshot. I'm like, we're dead. We are dying in Pennsylvania for chimneys. It was so The snow came down so fast. It was like three inches an hour, some crazy thing. It came down so fast that we ended up, us and everybody else on the road, were finding semi-trucks. You had to sit up. We actually stopped to go to the bathroom once on the side of the road. We couldn't leave until a semi-truck drove by. And then there were always three or four cars behind them. So the semi-trucks are plowing tire tracks through the snow because the plows haven't come yep. yet. And we would jump in behind these other three or four cars and just ride through these tracks the semis were making. That's how we made it to convention. Driving through three inches per hour, two storms converging. We made it in, I think, 16 hours. We got there the morning of. Like it start, the convention started at nine in the morning. We got there at six that morning. Yep. And we took turns sleeping and it was, that's how important it was to us. We could have easily just said, you know what? We're not going. We'll go next year. We'll find another one. But we had that, that passion and that drive and that the awareness. We needed to know more. <laughs> I wanted to know what <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. And we rode semi truck, uh, semi truck tracks through Pennsylvania through two storms to get to that convention. And what I really want your listeners to get, I actually have goosebumps just listening to this story. I, I knew it, so, but I have goosebumps listening to it because what I really want everybody to understand is how important education is. And that's why I brought it up because I know it's important to you because you get all your guys, all of them are certified. They get all the education, anything they want, anything they need goes. Education is key. So if you haven't been to a convention or an expo, whatever, get to it. Get the education, get better. You obviously are chimney sweep. You want to be the best one you can be. 
why not? Yeah. I remember I was still in that same mode of I've been doing, and you hear people say that I've been doing this X amount of years. I've been doing it so long. I know what I'm doing. I was in that mode after five years. I was like, I've been doing this five years. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> we all get there. <laughs> yeah. There I am getting my liner peed on and called out on Facebook being a hack. And I start going to trainings and I'm like, we need to know more. And I had that thirst for it. We drive through the snowstorm. We get to Kentucky. We go to the convention. I didn't know what I was going to learn. I knew there was going to be classes. And the first, like you just said, get to a convention if you've never been to one. Absolutely. Because the first one you go to, no matter where it is, no matter who's teaching, it will absolutely blow your mind. Yep. Because you you only know what you know. And you only know what you've been surrounded with. And all of a sudden being surrounded by not just chimney sweeps from New Hampshire, but all around the country. country. Yep. And they're talking about things that you're dealing with and you're rubbing elbows with people that have the same experiences. And and all of a sudden you can bounce ideas and you're hearing somebody say, oh, well, I do this to fix that problem. You're like, I never thought of that. And you learn you're not alone. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> There's other small business owners, young business owners. And I'm like, you get it. And Anthony said it in our uh, episode last week. But the converse, the classes themselves are worth their weight in gold. And then the classes end at five. It goes eight to five. And then afterwards, conversations happen and dinners <laughs> yeah, happen. Yep. And the conversations there are sometimes worth more than the classes you just went to. Yep. By sitting and talking and seeing somebody who's who you only know from Facebook. You know him as a, a profile picture. And all of a sudden, they're sitting there next to you. And you hear the conversation and you jump in. And it's just, it's magical because it, it becomes real. And it gives you kind of this this rejuvenation of I'm doing oh, the yeah. right thing. Look oh, at yeah. this industry. It's not a company. It's an industry. And I hate to say it, but we, my company for a while, we went to Kentucky. We went to uh, Norfolk. We did three in a row, Portland. Yep. And we just kept getting bigger and bigger. The first time I went, I brought two people. Next time I went, I brought four. Next time I went, I brought nine. And we were getting ramped up for it. And then we were we were pumping it up for the company. The company grew through uh, around COVID. And I'm like, we're bringing everybody to Orlando. Yeah, you went from nine to 23. Oh, God. And then now 28. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, we're going to bring everybody. It's going to be great. And we were planning. like the We always get there a day early. And I put Max in charge of, of choosing where they were going to go the day before to kind of get like a, a team day. They were going to yeah. go like swim with dolphins and pet sloths. And it was going to be because I had to be in a board meeting. So I didn't get to be part of <laughs> yeah, that at we're all. We're board meeting. I know. We didn't get to do that. And they're all planning these fantastic trips and everybody's excited. And then COVID shut it down. Yep. And we were crushed because the whole company was looking forward to it. You know, three years out, we knew Orlando was coming sun and it was going to be great. And it got canceled. And then the next year was the virtual. And then this year was Vegas. By that time, I'm now 28 people big, and I'm going. Oh, you're going to take 28 people to Vegas? Nope, okay. I'm not. <laughs> Props to Anthony. He did. He brought his whole company. And I remember going, "Damn, okay." <laughs> he beat me in that too, but I didn't. <laughs> That's funny. But now it's <laughs> it's been three years, and I'm looking at my company out of management, myself, Max, Rick, and Jill, and then one technician, Ian, who was our most tenured technician. No one else out of the 28 has been to a convention. And wow. I can feel it, right? They know they've been certified. They know the education. We do the classes. They know what they're doing. And I'm like, something's missing. I can feel the, something's not there that you're missing is. that drive they get from convention and yeah. being around other people. And they're going to Mohegan Sun next year. Everybody. Yeah. As I'm much sh- as we can, we're going to get everybody going. <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing I did back when I went to that class in April after I got my liner pulled out. Same thing's happening here for the second time. I'm shutting the entire company down. Office, technicians, everyone's, and it's also in our backyard, which helps. Me too. We can drive there. 
but it's the importance behind it. It's not about getting the shirts out and visible. It's not about notoriety. It's about getting these these people that are living and breathing the soot and the bricks that we do surrounded with the education and the elbow rubbing and the stories and that feeling of they're not alone. And this is really what I want our listeners here uh, to this podcast to really get. Okay, this is about getting the education to all your technicians. The technicians are the ones out there representing the uh, representing your company, and they need to know this information. You can tell them, you can train them, and what ends up happening is they end up having a deaf ear after a while because it's you, 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 you. Mm-hmm. When they start hearing it from this guy, and then this guy, and then this guy in the hallway, and then they get a class and it reinforces it. This is what we're talking about. Getting the education, whether you're going to classes around the country, whether you're going to CSIA classes, CCP, NCSG classes, Copperfield classes, wherever you can get education. Education is so important to me. Um, it's the reason why I became an instructor. It's the reason why I want to get around the country. Get all of this information out of my head that I've had in here for 43 years. I am extremely passionate about it. I get to go to a classroom and stuff comes out of my mouth that I had back from 35 years ago <laughs> that I had no idea was in there. You have you know, been dating yourself a lot this week. <laughs> well, I, I have been because you know, I bring up Columbo. <laughs> These kids are all 25 years old. They have no idea who Columbo is. Okay. But anyways, but it's just, um, it's so important that you get the education and you, wherever you can get it, wherever you can find it, go get it. Period. End of story. Go do it. It's becoming so much more available now than it ever was before like back then with kentucky that was the place to go like i had to drive through a snowstorm to get to the education you bring up a really cool point because you know back in the day i hate (laughs) that saying by the way but back in the day you know we didn't have all of this this started happening about i want to say six or seven years ago you know lindeman started classes copperfield started classes I believe a couple of the other uh, big manuf- uh, national starter classes. The, all of the our manufacturers are trying to educate us. These are our backbone to our industry. These these suppliers have been helping us trying to get better all along the way. You know, we su- we should support them a lot better than we do, in my opinion. But that's just me. I'll just say it that way. The thing is, is we got the education now. I never had all of this. I believe that all of these people that are coming into the industry for the last, say, five to seven years, you're all spoiled. Yeah, we are. Okay. From what I had to deal with growing through the industry, learning how, we had to make tools. You know, we had to, <laughs> we had to figure things out. Okay. This doesn't work. We had straight pipe. We didn't have flex liners. We didn't have insulation. <laughs> you know, it, all of these different things, but. But it comes down to you got to go learn, you got to open up your mind, and you just got to go for it. You know, I don't want to hear, um, and, and this is going to fall on a deaf ear in my, my in my world. I don't want to hear you can't afford it. Mm. Put the money away, go do it, because it's going to pay for itself in the first month. I guarantee you, it's going to pay for itself in the first month. When I when I started my own business back in '99, I left a family business for for 20 years that I was in. And the first thing I did is I went to a D&D class with Tom Urban, okay, Jerry Eisenhower, and Ken Robinson, who are all good friends of mine, and I bought a chim scan, and I started using it every day, okay, because I knew that that was important to me. That thing paid for itself the first week I had it, oh, yeah. and I spent four grand on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't swear, so, but, but anyways, but it was one of the best investments that I ever did, and then I called up Tom, and I get more education on how to do it, how to use it, what to do, how to tweak this, how to tweak that. Keep looking, keep getting, get all the information you can. Get online, get the information, get, get the, uh, the pamphlets, get all the brochures, get the installation instructions. Know everything you're looking at. Be the best that you can be. 
Absolutely. And you bring up a fantastic point there that I hear a lot, which is, well, a little bit of backstory. Uh, I'm the current president of the New Hampshire, Vermont Chimney Sweep Guild. The prior president is sitting across from me, Steve Scally. And for the last three, four years that I've been on that board, the goal for us has been to get training and education into our area because it's New Hampshire. Thank you, John. (laughs) (laughs) You had a huge hand in that too. I know. We've been trying so hard to get it up there because for a while, the only trainings we got were Massachusetts and New Hampshire people hate driving into Massachusetts. (laughs) I used to live there. I don't like it. (laughs) And we're like, we've got it. We got to get something up closer to us. So we've been working to get the suppliers and the education and the education entities up into there and it's starting to work. And it, it, I, to me, that's, that was a goal was to get somebody closer so that I could bring my guys there and bring more people to it. And I thought more people would. And I'll call people. I'm like, Hey, there's this inspection class coming in a month. There's this relining class. There's a heat shield class. There's a, there's whatever's coming. And I'll call people and I get the same answer more times than not. Don't have the time. Can't afford it. Can't make it. And it makes me sad. And if anybody's listening where you have that, that fear, right? Last week, Anthony and I talked about fear and risk as a business oh, owner. Shit, you bring up a huge point. I know. That fear and that risk, I'm telling, and Steve just said it, it is so worth it. And this is coming from a guy that drove through two snowstorms, 15 hours in the dead of night to get to education because I realized I was lacking in it. And that's fueled me since. If you can't afford it, you're wrong. You can't afford not to. Agreed. You can't, the time, usually you think you don't have the time. A day here for a class will feed the rest of the year if you learn how to inspect properly. It'll change everything you do. And it's, I, we just as can't As long as you enough. implement it. Yeah, you have to actually <laughs> do it, not just hear it. But we're just going to beat this horse to death because it's so important, the amount of people that don't have the time or think they can't afford it when it is more valuable than you can imagine. And you just brought up a really cool point. Um, and I'm going to ask a question to all the listeners. Do you run your business guided by fear of the what if, or do you just want to just jump outside your comfort zone a little bit? Because that's where life starts. That's where your business starts. That's where you start growing. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to have all of these feelings you do. All us business owners do this. We jump into a place. All the successful ones have done this. They jump into a place, myself included, of being really uncomfortable and not knowing what's going to happen. And I'll give you a really quick story of this. I walked away from a weekly paycheck from a family business where I was the head mason, the head reliner, and I chucked it all, and I had my daughter the week before I opened up my business. I I took a leap of faith that I could do this. Do you want to talk about fear of not knowing if I'm going to be able to feed my family in a house that I just bought three years ago? Huge. You have to decide what you want. Do you want to live your life guided by fear or do you want to go live your life? And that's what our entire life as a business owner is, is fear and risk. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's funny. I keep saying last week, Anthony and I talked. It was last night. <laughs> but, yeah, but the know. episode is going to be I know. <laughs> but Steve hasn't heard that. And it's, it's so powerful. For two weeks in a row, you're going to hear that. Fear of the unknown and fear of not, of not making a decision because of fear will cripple you as a business owner. Absolutely. An entrepreneur, your first language needs to be risk, risk assessment. Like, is this worth it? And when it comes to certain jobs or it comes to hiring certain people, there are risks you have to take. There's inherent risks. Yep. When it comes to education, <laughs> the only risk is in your mind. <laughs> you of can't. you not going because you say you can't afford it. Yeah. I'll tell you what. If you can't afford the room, 
call me. Exactly. And we've heard that Jasper did that. Jasper had a, a bunch of people. Actually, Jasper told me that he stayed with somebody his first uh, convention oh, yeah. he went to because he couldn't afford to go either, but it was that important to him. And that's what this industry is. This industry is willing to reach out. Same thing as me. If you can't afford it, call me, call Steve, call Jasper. I'm sure a bunch of other people will be happy to bring you out there. And I've done that for people as well. It's not something I don't talk about, but there was somebody that I brought out, a smaller business owner, to uh, Norfolk because they couldn't make it and I paid exactly. their way and they came and it's worth its weight in gold. Do it. <laughs> Please do it. <laughs> Any Please chance it. you get. And that's what we're talking about. Availability is you don't have to always go to Vegas or Portland or, or uh, Orlando, wherever the convention is, because now with CSIA, NCSG, CCP, Copperfield, National, uh, Heat Shield, it seems like every time you turn around, there's something within driving distance. There's something coming to a place near you. Pay attention. Get on Facebook if you're not. Just to have the education. Join the chimney forums only. You don't have to put up a whole bunch of stuff. And I get it. I don't like Facebook either. I can't stand it. But the fact of the matter is a lot of the information flies from that. Okay, so people do a lot of posting on it to get the education up. Please come and get it. Um, I, I can't employ you strong enough. Yeah, and you made a good point too about the employees. For me, and I think it went back to that first training where I brought my employees there too, office included, where I wanted everybody on the same page. I didn't want to be the business owner where I had all of the knowledge and they just had to listen to me. I wanted them to hear it from the horse's mouth. I wanted them to have that ownership because that's accountability. Yes, it is. If they don't know the right thing and they're assuming that I'm the one that's giving them the right thing, then you don't really get much growth out of that which is what I had. I followed what my previous business owner said and did, and I thought it was the greatest thing, and I realized quickly that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we all do it, John. Oh, yeah. And to all of you listening, when you go to these things, don't just go yourself. Bring people that are going to implement that. You may use that word, yeah. and that's a really key word because hearing it is one thing. Knowing what you should do is one thing, but bringing the people that are doing it. And for myself, I'm at a point in my business where I get to come to Rochester, New York and Indianapolis and the company runs without me. I'm very blessed at the people running the company, but I feel guilty. Like if I'm going to teach, it's one thing. Yeah, there is a little bit of that. I know. I'm like, what am I doing? I went last week or a couple weeks ago to get NFI certified. Congratulations. Thank you. I did pass, which was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. But I'm sitting there going... I, I, I knew why I went. I went because I wanted to be the first one through it and to have the uh, the the experience. You were setting an example. Right, to guide them further. But I still had that guilt. I'm like, what am I doing here? I don't go in the field anymore. I sit behind a desk and I traveled and teaching classes. What am I doing getting this? It's an ego trip for me because I needed it for master. And then that brings me you to- You heard that first from John Caesar's mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what am I getting master for? I'm not even in the field. So it's an ego thing, 100%. But I went back and the first thing I said was, everybody's going. It's that important once again, because I teach the CSIA courses and I, I know the slides almost by heart. And I went to NFI and they were teaching the same material that I had taught. So I, I'm like, oh yeah, I know that formula. And oh yeah, I know that code. But you opened your mind. But they apply it, right? Yes, they do. And that's the next step. I've had technicians pass the test, the CSIA exam, and they're a good test taker. They got a good score. They got the badge, but then they couldn't apply it in the yep. field. And I'm going, no, no, there's got to be something else. For those listening, it, it's a path. You start out with the, you know, the first step and then the next step, the next step. So sweep and then specialist and all that. But NFI, if you're out there doing installations or repairs, 
I, I got to tout them. That was mind-blowing for me what now I learned. Now I'm going to add one more. Also, fire course for all those that especially doing yeah. doing uh, like prefabricated fireplaces. That course is invaluable for prefabricated fireplaces. He touches a lot on masonry chimneys, but you know, I would say 60 to 70% of that is prefabricated fireplace. There isn't probably a smarter person on the planet when it comes to that than Dale Feb. Yeah. And that was actually, I was signed up for that class in, I think it was June of 2020. I had the flight booked. I had paid for the class. I had the hotel. I was ready to go. And then COVID shut that down too. And I haven't been back since. And it's funny because now I don't, I don't need it. Like I just said, I'm not in the field, so I don't really need to learn how to inspect better. But now it's a want. And if I, the, the class last week opened my eyes to, I don't need it. It's not so much about me getting it. I don't need it for master. I don't need it for anything else. Now I want it because I want to know what else my, my technicians are missing. I want to know what else I can help build the company better. And then they'll follow me there too. And I also think it'll take it another step further. You want to go through it to be able to show them one you can, but two, you'll be able to help them and help guide them and help teach them through the process because that way they, they got somebody in their corner. So that is also a, a very big deal, you know, um, and I think you should go through it. Okay. You're a young owner of a young and growing business. You've been in the, you had your growing your business now, what, eight years? Yep. Okay. Eight years. I'm turning 60 this year. Okay. So I look at the same thing and I'm saying, I don't need to be getting all of these certifications. My guys need to learn this. All my crew needs to learn all these things. Mm -hmm. So everybody has their unique perspective of where they're at in their business. You know, and I can't say it strong enough again, learn, educate, get it. And the more your company, and I say that because it's not just the technicians. Uh, my office. office manager, Jill, she went, she was seven years in the industry because she worked for my prior employer as well. I think it was maybe more seven or eight or nine years in the industry before she went to get certified, changed her whole everything. She'd been on the phone for years saying the same things. All of a sudden it was real to her. So we went back and we said, okay, let's take the next office person in line. And I think she had been two or three years in before we sent her. She passed it as well, but it's not about the passing. Nope. It's about what they take back from it. And the week after she came back from school, I was listening to, it was Jasmine. Jasmine was on the phone and I'm listening to her talk to customers and it was different. She had a confidence in her voice. She had, he it just said about, a very key word, confidence. Yeah. All of a sudden it was, I know what I'm talking about and I can actually, like I've said it. And like you said, they hear me say it and they repeat it because I say it, but now it's, it's hers. She owns yes. it and she has her own confidence, not mine or not Jill's. And now she was talking on the phone. And then this April or uh, this January, I think we're sending another office uh, person up there and she's only been with me for just over a year and she's excited. She literally, I come out in the office and she's sitting with the CVE manual and between calls she's highlighting and she's writing notes. And I think she's written more notes out of that book than anybody in ever class combined. That's awesome. And she's just, she comes in between calls. She goes, what does this mean? And I'm reading about this and this UL, what exactly is that? And I'm going like, she's thirsty for it. That's what you want. Yeah. And it's not just the technicians, like the technicians take it and they use it in a certain way, but then the office takes it and they use it their way and the company benefits from it. Oh yes. When everybody knows, like I said it before, they're on the same page. Everybody's on the same page. They know the codes, they know the standards, they know the regulations, they know the material, they know what they're talking about and everybody's speaking the same language. It's magical to watch them flourish. 
Yes, it is. It, it, um, and I'll completely agree with you because, you know, I go to the different conventions and I've been trying to get my guys and anything that's on the East Coast, you know, like I'm shutting down my company next week and I'm taking two of the guys that are actually going to be there and uh, the other guys are on vacation, so they can't go. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I basically, I shut down my company to go down and get this education. The one that's happening next week at the expo, it's, you know, it's an all hands-on experience. You know, I have a guy uh, that's been with me for nine months and yeah, he's doing some of the sweeping, he's doing the relining, he's, he's learned some of the masonry. Of course, he works with me. Of course, he's done some masonry. Um, and you know, I don't but, think they have a choice. They, they don't have a choice. You. We do a tremendous amount of masonry. That's true. Everybody knows that. But you know, they're going down to get hands on, and I've already signed them up for the classes that I want them to take because that's part of the curriculum. I'm able to do that, so they're going to be getting all hands on classes down here at this expo next week. It's absolutely a, a phenomenal uh, experience for them to be able to go do this. And one of the other guy who's been with me for now about three years. You know, he's actually going to take the, uh, both of them are taking an exam. One of them is doing the relining exam and the other one's doing the, the CCP certification. But he is actually going to be doing the same classes hands on, but he's also subbed as my office manager. Mm-hmm. So he also has five years of customer service involved. And now he's talking with people, like you said, Jasmine, watching, when he got certified, watching him talk with a <laughs> layer of confidence. And it's funny because I watched him change almost overnight. And it was, it was funny when he comes back because now he's talking to me with confidence. Confidence, and he actually talks back to me now. And, and, when, and he did it the first time. It caught me by surprise. And I went up to him later. I'm going like, I'm glad you can do that because he couldn't do that before because he, he said something that was important that needed to be said. And he made a point and he was right. Yeah. Because I'm not always right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a hard pill for owners to swallow. Yes, it is. I remember talking to somebody very high up in this industry. It was a female too, which is what caught me by surprise. And I was telling them that I send my office to get certified. And her response was stunning. She goes, what do they need a certification for to answer the phone? And I was shocked. I was like, they do. I didn't understand. (laughs) I know. I said, they do so much more than answer the phone. They have to diagnose. They have to direct the question. They have to know what level of inspection is set. They have to kind of help and answer questions. Yeah. And I mean, it's so, it's an overlooked, I've, I've brought it up so much. The office is so overlooked in this industry as far as education and certification because they are the first line of defense. The customer, when yeah. they call, you've done all the marketing, all the advertising, they call and the person they get, if they don't have that confidence, yes. they don't have that knowledge to help them. I get it a lot. There's still some people out there that just need to talk to a male voice, which I hate. Well, I was just going to bring, I was just <laughs> yeah. going to bring that up because my wife will look at me and my wife, we've been married for 36 years. If, she knows this industry like the back of her hand. She writes all our reports. She knows the NFP 211. She knows how to look everything up. She's got all of the verbiage. And she'll, I'll come back to the office some days and she'll go like, this male needs to talk to you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, one of those. Okay. Yeah. We got, we've got, because it happens and it's unfortunate that we have to do that in this world. But my wife can talk through anybody on the phone about because the certification matters and you know it and you have the knowledge of it. Okay. And it's really cool. Like you talk to Jill at your office. Okay. She's got it. Yeah, she does. She's got it. She can talk to anybody, anywhere, anytime, and she can probably put some sweeps to shame. Yes, she okay? could. <laughs> because that, cause I, I know Jill, and, and you know I've talked with her. She's a sharp lady. I love the fact when somebody calls, and I said it uh, this week in class, if you were to call my office and get Jill, and you were calling for a cap estimate, that's it. You just wanted a cap estimate, you would leave that phone call with a level two inspection. Yes, because it's <laughs> as we know, that's what we need to do in this industry is really get the inspection process done. You know, um, the 
NFPA 211 came out with the levels of inspection back in 2000. Okay. It was, that thing was gone over tooth and nail by many great people in our industry. Too many to name. And they came up with the levels of inspections back then. Okay. It's detailed and oriented on how we need to do that. It states in that, in our, uh, in the, um, in the NFPA 211 that we need to do this. Okay, so this is our go-to. We know how to do it. We need to look at this. 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 We all should have some sort of checklist that is at least, you know, uh, like I'll give you, for instance, mine is a 54-page uh, level 1.9, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> John's is the same thing on his level. We call it level 1 because we're, we're checking the hearth extension. We're checking the firebox size. We're checking the throat. We're checking the firebox. We're checking the damper. We're checking the glass doors. We're checking the screens. We're making sure everything is working the way it's supposed to. Okay, we're checking the smoke chamber. We're uh, checking the um, smoke shelf, the flue tiles. We're checking everything out top to bottom. What's underneath the hearth, which is underneath the firebox for those who need a clarification. <laughs> okay, we're checking what's underneath that. We're going through all of these little details to make sure that we do our job completely to make sure that this the client gets the proper information. And usually when I'm done, and John has the same thing as we've talked about a lot this week, is when we're done with our inspection, the client goes, the other sweep never did that. Mm-hmm. The other sweep never saw that. What makes him different? What made, well, how come you did, how come you did all that? What, what, uh, Yep. I had one of those happen to me the other way, unfortunately, and I love telling those stories. I went out and did an inspection, and we always talk about NFPA 211 is the minimum. Every standard you read, whether it's the NFPA, the IRC, or the the data plate, or manufacturer's instructions, they give you the bare minimum, which you should never go lower than, obviously. But the levels of inspection are a minimum. That's why Steve and I say 1.9, 1.8. We haven't gotten to the point yet. We do level twos on everything yet. We're working there, but we're really close but that all came about because of failure in some way. Yes, absolutely. And one of the ones that stood out for me was I went to a house, wood stove insert, level one inspection. It was something minor to what the customer was calling for. So we did our level one inspection and we left. And a couple of days later, I called back to check in, to follow up. You know, do you want to have any questions? And he goes, yeah, but we're going to go with somebody else. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, what was the reason for that? Like an exit interview. Yes, absolutely. What was the reason? He goes, well, we had Brian Gilmartin out. Brian Gilmartin, good friend of ours in New Hampshire. He's very good. Very good. Because we had Gilmartin out. I'm like, oh, okay. So now I'm thinking, did he beat me on price? Did he, you know, what's going on? And the homeowner goes, he found wood under my hearth. And on the phone, I'll never forget (laughs) to him, I justified myself. I said, well, you see, Mr. Customer, that's something you look for on a level two inspection. And we were only doing a level one. So that's why he found it and I didn't. And I was so full of that confidence. Yes. Here we go again. And I'm like, and you learned again. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to slap him with education here. He didn't care. The homeowner goes, (laughs) and he actually said it. He goes, I don't care what level of inspection you were doing. Brian found wood under my hearth and he's going to remove it and you didn't even find it. So we're going to go with him. Never talked about price. Have no idea what Brian estimated or what he doesn't what he matter. Do. Doesn't matter to the customer. Price at that point is irrelevant because Brian made him feel safer than I could. And I was so tied up in, well, <laughs> that's not my, you know, I wasn't supposed to. I did the bare minimum. Yes, and, and that's something that we all get caught up in at some point. We try to do the bare minimum because we're trying to get the next client because we're trying to do this, trying to do that. One of the things that I try to implore in all my employees is they get the three or four jobs a day. The job you're at 
is the most important job. Mm-hmm. And you know that you're, what time it is. You have a watch. You have a phone. Everybody has a phone. <laughs> you know what time it is during the course of this. You know if it's running long. You call the next client. You let them know what's going on. But that job is the most important job you can do. And you do it 100%. I don't want them rushing through the job. I don't want them missing something. Because if they miss something, the, the homeowner is got a, a lack, lack of better words. They don't have a complete inspection Mm -hmm. okay and we also didn't do them a service and that's how i feel so that's you know we need to be able to do a complete inspection so it's chimney day right that's what it is for the homeowner they took time out of their schedule so you could show up and do your job to the best of your ability so you should be the best that you can do and do that 1.9 in that you check under the hearth you check under the hearth extension you check the flues you check everything in that fireplace or appliance or whatever it is you know i have many sheets for different different things you know and i'll give you why i did this about i want to say it was about five or six years ago i got tired of a customer calling me up and say, I missed something. Okay, it happened to me too, John. So so what I did is I said, you know what? I know somebody in the industry who's going to help me find what I missed. <laughs> okay, so I called up my very good friend, Tom Urban, who who helped write the original uh, diagnosis and documentation class for the Chimney Safety Institute. And I called him up and I said, I'm going to pay you to come out to my house, I'm going to put you up in a hotel, and I'm going to pay you for two days to show me what I'm missing. We're mm-hmm. going to go out to my client's jobs. I'm going to call them and tell them, and you're going to teach my guys on how to do this properly. So I, I signed up three different inspections that were totally different. He brought all his sheets. He brought all his stuff, and we did three different inspections, and it totally blew everybody away. Unfortunately, this is the first week of August, <laughs> Okay. So wait, you mean you could afford to pay somebody and you could take time off? And it wasn't that I could afford it. (laughs) It had no choice about afford it. I was tired of missing things because I did not want to be less than. I wanted to be the best. And I don't want to shortchange my client. I'm charging them a good amount of money, and I want to make sure they get the service they deserve because that's what it's about. So I turned around and said, okay, so the day after Tom was at my house, I flew out to Tom and helped him teach the D and D, or what you want to call it, the diagnosis documentation. That what it used mm-hmm. to be called, but it was is about is about learning how to look at the screen, write your copy, learning how to do it. So I got I got four days of it while my wife was back home. <laughs> okay, rewriting a complete new inspection process that we just went through, and she rewrote everything for two months. Um, and I wasn't the the best husband in the world because of that <laughs> at that point, but it was the right thing to do for the clients. And for my company, because now we have a complete inspection process. And reinvention is so much fun because I, I mentioned this a few episodes ago. It's you can't run your business this year the same way you did last no. week, last month, nope. last year, 10 years ago. The industry is changing so fast with the tools and the, the technology that we have. Now people have got drones and they got tablets and everything is changing so fast. But the codes are too. Yes, they are. We talked about that this week because different people in the class had different uh, years of their codes and standards. Yes. And the difference between them would stand out sometimes. And we're going, that's the importance of that is the codes are changing regularly. Regulations are coming out regularly. You have to be able to adapt with that because at this point you can't do the same thing you've done forever. No, you can't. And that's where it finally got to me about six years ago. I said, no, we just need to change. And you need to continue to change. You need to continue to learn. You need to continue to get better, get more education. I'm still going to classes. I've been in the industry since 1978. 
and I'm still going to classes. Yes, I'm teaching because it's my passion. And I want to give everybody out there, uh, you need something, call me. I answer the phone. I am the tech chair for the National Chimney Sweep Guild. I run the masonry line. And we have so many great people out there to do this that help answer these lines. But if you've got a question, call me. I'll answer it. I, my wife even won't call me because she's afraid I'll be on the peak of the roof answer the <laughs> phone because that's what I do. Because it's important to me that the information, the proper information, gets out to you guys and girls. Please get the education. Continue to do it. Continue to be the best you can be. There's something I learned a long time ago about inspections, and this is our passion. The inspection is the the crux of our job. It's not sweeping, and that's why I've tried to. You know, I know people don't like it about the whole chimney sweep thing. We are technicians, and our job is to inspect. We are actually chimney inspectors more than we are chimney sweeps, in my opinion. I yes, I, I'm, I'm going to agree completely. <laughs> Obviously, people won't. <laughs> it's all right. The inspection is so much more important, and doing a proper one is so important. And when we teach this class, there's a whole chapter on the inspections. And Steve and I will we'll usually do teaching the classes. One will teach a chapter, another teach a chapter, go back and forth. But inspections, we both get up there. Yeah, we, we tag team <laughs> on this one because we both have so many uh, different very uh, stories, I could say, about what we missed, what we didn't do right, what, what this is, what that is, and how to look for this and how to look for that. Different ideas and different techniques and different tools that we have learning. There's new tools out there. There's an infrared camera about water. Okay, there's endoscopes and boroscopes and all of these new tools that you can use that you need to learn about, but you can't learn about it by sitting in your chair at home. Or doing the same thing you've always done. Exactly. <laughs> Pick up the phone, call somebody learn like John did when I put that post out. Yeah, I'm so glad I did. One of the best things I learned years ago, and I honestly don't remember who said it first. I've heard it a bunch, is a proper inspection. Steve will tell you the code behind it. He has the, the codes and the standards. He knows what needs to be done where. To me, the proper inspection is if you listening are not in my area, even close to me, and you do an inspection, and you send me your inspection or send it to Steve, we should be able to do a full estimate from looking at that inspection report. I completely agree. And one of the best advice that I got from Tom Urban way back when was your inspection report should be able to tell the complete story. Mm -hmm. And if I can't follow it, then you haven't done it right because your homeowner is not going to be able to understand any of it nope. if it doesn't tell a complete story. And that I've harped on it before, you know, people using the, the tricarbon copies that we used to have the, the <laughs> I got one of those the other day from a local competitor. They, the customer sent it in and I'm looking at it going, cause we do that. Customers will call in and they're like, Hey, can we get a second opinion? I won't. I'm going to charge an inspection. That's my company policy, but I will try to help them if I can get the inspection report from the other company. There's maybe, well, there's a handful of people that I can get an inspection report from that I can kind of guide them one way or another. But once in a while, we get the handwritten ones. We get the, it's almost written on a napkin and I'm going, they need education. Like you can't, you cannot inspect a chimney that way. You're not getting all the information. You're not getting all the documentation. You're definitely not getting any pictures. The inspection, if you're a chimney professional, is the first thing you need to get the most tools, the most technology, and the most education about. And I completely agree with you because, you know, being on the NCSG in a tech chair, um, it's funny because some people out there from across the country know that, and I end up with inspection reports from other people across the country, from other chimney sweeps across the country, and there are very, very few that actually pass the muster, actually tells the complete story. You know, and this is why I say, I mean, you're there, you're working on it, you're getting better. That's what I want you to see you do. Keep striving, keep going forward, keep learning what you're doing, keep getting it better. Because the, the reports themselves, I'm not saying I'm perfect. 
All my reports aren't perfect. I'm not saying I got the best one out there. I'm saying I'm doing the best that I can with what I have right now in front of me. Okay, and we want to be better as an industry. If we're all trying to get on the same page as an industry, when all of these crazy laws and things start passing, we'll be stronger by it. We need to get on the same page. And it's funny, too, because I'm not perfect either, and I can prove that right here, because a number of times Mr. Scully has received one of my inspection reports, <laughs> yes. one of my guys, and I'll get a phone call, and he goes, hey, I got one of your, your inspections here, and I'm like, oh, yeah? And he'll point out this wasn't taken, or this measurement wasn't right, or they didn't fill this out, and it's going back to that adaption. Like, I've built my forms in Service Titan, and I have the ability to tweak them. They're not perfect. And Steve will call, or other people will call, but hey, this wasn't in here, and I'll add it in. It's yes. a constant, never-ending improvement yes. because we don't have it all together. It's a living document, which means it constantly changes. Keep doing, keep getting better, keep striving, keep going forward, get to convention, get the classes, get the education. And if you need to talk to one of us, who it's me, John, or anybody else that you feel has the information, keep doing it, keep going after it. Don't stop. John took the biggest step in his career by calling me. Yes, I did, and I'm glad I did. Me too, buddy. <laughs> I think that about wraps it up. That was a perfect uh, summation there at the end. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you very much for being on here. Uh, I'm humbled. I hope everybody got something good from what you said because there was a lot of good stuff you said there. Thank you, John. Thank you. And thank all of you for lending us your ears. Have a great week.